What is up, everyone? Jason Vest, After Red Podcast, here again. Today with me, I have Kath Fraze, the founder and executive director of Workspace Education. I cannot tell you an episode that I have been more thrilled about than this one you're about to hear. Workspace Education has literally and figuratively transformed what education can look like You have to tune in, turn it up, tune in now, Kath Fraze. Today I have um, Kath Fraze with me. Uh, Welcome. Thank you so much, Jason. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) So look, we were just, uh, I caught you talking about Red Barns, and and I got to ask you, why, why the Red Barn for Workspace? Well, I inherited, or luckily enough, I inherited a big Red Barn with this building, um, it was actually um, the Cannondale bicycles before um, I bought the building, and they used the Big Red Barn as a showroom for all their latest models of bikes. So it was the Guru Academy, which we've transformed into our conference centre. So it's it was Joe Montgomery, not me, I'm afraid, that, that came up with the red, Big Red Barn, but I, I really enjoy it. Okay, fair enough. So look, workspace is probably at least on my radar, like the the epitome of uh, what schools could look like in, in an innovative space, an innovative concept. So for those that aren't familiar with Workspace, could you just tell us a little bit about what it is that you've created? You know, I've been project-based homeschooling for about 10 years. And before that, I was a, you know, a, a public school teacher. And then I did a lot of Montessori. And I really wanted to create a place where, you know, children would come in and they would feel like anything could happen and that they could manifest any idea. So I feel, filled the space with these unique learning spaces from science labs. Uh, we've got a culinary arts program. We have um, a a big theatre and creative movement studio, a makery, and all sorts of different spaces where children can fully and authentically express themselves. And uh, parents could organise any kind of learning experience they like, and they can bring in the best of what they can find, you know, online and outside and with educators and, and make it happen at Workspace so that everyone can participate. So we have this, what I, I call a vibrant learning community um, happening here which is very very exciting we've been going for about a year and a half it's it's bigger and brighter and more wonderful you know every week that goes by it it really is amazing and i mean you know the the plug usually comes later but for those listening i mean you you really need to check out workspace uh education it is just it's an amazing physical space it's just an amazing idea and concept and I just want to get clear though again for everyone listening so what exactly is Workspace's relationship with your traditional K-12 schooling model? Our relationship 
best um <laughs> well re we're really an alternative to a traditional school model although we are starting with two micro schools in september we are putting in an acton academy for those parents um who are working and would like a drop-off situation um acton academy specializes in helping create self-directed uh, learners and because we're a free you know roaming environment um creating uh, or giving students the skills to be able to self-manage and and really work hard on their own skills and their own learning and do their big enormous projects Acton Academy is a really great fit for our model so we we are really um, a creative sandbox education model where anything can happen and we also have some drop-off micro schools on our campus and we will, we will add micro schools as as our population grows and we get demand for different kinds of micro schools so Kath I have to ask um, one of the big things that that I know you focus on is is this concept of deeper learning and I have to say that uh, within within my county here here in Virginia Henrico just outside of our capital city uh, one of the big big things that we're focusing on is deeper learning. So in, in your mind, what exactly is deeper learning and how does um, workspace get students there? So in, in my experience, when children are very interested in something, they, they want to do a deep dive into it. And so if you create uh, learning experiences where each child has freedom within that learning experience to, to dive deeply into what they find very, very meaningful for them, they tend to, to really work hard and explore and learn a lot more than if they have an assigned, you know, a particular assignment that doesn't really resonate with them. So because we have so many stimulating um, activities going on, you know, going on around the children, they sort of spontaneously, because they maintain their curiosity, do these individual deep dives into what they like to do. So anything that's really meaningful to a child has the potential to sort of unleash, um, you know, a passion in them and, you know, it could spontaneously get them going into a deep dive. So we're always trying to inspire them and also equip, equip them with the skills needed in order to to really dive deeply into what they really love to do, you know, an exploration or whether it's building something. Um, you know, we have little apprenticeship programs in 3D printing and laser cutting and all sorts of skills like that so they can actually make what they have in their mind. Look, you know, ultimately, um, one, of the, one of the things that I talk about on here a lot is challenging the status quo and, you know, quote-unquote moving the needle on things. And, and typically what I'm speaking of is I'm, I'm referring to kind of the industrial model that we've had of, of schooling for, for a really long time here, here in the United States. So clearly what you are doing is, is way more than moving the needle. But, um, you know, what advice would you give based on your experiences to kind of your typical public or, or even private for that matter k-12 school to really challenge the status quo like what enough excuses what is it that we have to do to change things well i think the um what everyone has to do in this country is to give more choice to to students and families and how their children are educated and i, I feel like if, if children are clearly not thriving in a particular environment they need to have more options that they can go to that are affordable and I, 
as as out out there in the real world, we're getting a lot more choices than typically we've had before. Like when I moved to this country in 1995, everyone used to have coffee that was sweet and light and Starbucks didn't exist. But now we have Starbucks and everybody, you know, likes their two shot, you know, macchiato at 95 degrees, sure. you know, almond milk. Right? So right. We need more choice. And there is so much available online that's inexpensive. And most states offer a free K to 12 education that we just need to liberate some of these students that are, are really struck and um, really stuck in a, in a traditional system and allow them to be in alternative environments where they can really, you know, uh, fully express themselves creatively, authentically, and get the, you know, the academics they need. You know, not it's not really on the side, but integrated into what they do. You know, homeschoolers have a really great track track record. Um, they tend to score higher on tests, you know, on average than a traditionally schooled student. So if you put homeschoolers in an enriched environment like this and you've got the power of a network of, of families that are all working together to help educate children, then you know, an environment like this is like homeschooling on jetpacks. So I know the outcomes of our students here are, are even ex, you know, exceeding what the traditional homeschooler would be able to do in their own homes and because of the resources and because we can network together and we can be experts and you know it's a much more stimulating environment yeah and and i i I love that that imagery of of jetpacks and you know um just me having this one year experience of of launching what i'm calling an innovation class focused on design thinking and entrepreneurship you know it is one period every other day uh, for my eighth grade students. But um, just like I'm sure that you see, you know, if, if you create the right environment, if you give kids the right experiences, if you let them be themselves, if you let them be creative, if you let them kind of uncover rather than cover material, um, they they really exceed expectations. And And you're right that you know this this is something that um you know these these 21 kids were really lucky to get in my class but you're right in saying that it it doesn't have to be and and I'm paraphrasing but it doesn't have to be a separate piece or a separate class um that this kind of experience this kind of learning can be meshed with with your normal classes yes it, you know it definitely can um I think anything when you involve entrepreneurial training, you're really giving children confidence to manifest an idea. It doesn't have to be a product, but it can be any idea that they have in their mind. And, you know, once they've manifested something like that, they just get confidence to continue to go out and put into the world what they've, you know, all of their ideas. And that gets them thinking all the time. And when children are thinking all the time, they get much better at making decisions because, you know, they are... Um, they are critical thinking all the time, and that's what we really want. We want children to be thinking all the time, and have the agency to be able to manifest what you know what they have in their minds. No, that that's spot on, and and you mentioned self confidence, and and it's something that that I talk about all the all the time, and you know it's one of those things that's that's not necessarily quantifiable, but uh, one of the, I always it, it's an anecdotal evidence, but basically, you know, I had a student at the beginning of the year, 
um, come into this class, and she was the student that wouldn't speak up, would never raise her hand. Um, the first month of the class, we went and presented in front of some college students and a couple professors at a local university, and her father had emailed me and the principal uh, three or four times that morning alone, just talking about how nervous she was. And, you know, fast forward to the end of the year, you know, where we are now, and she was the only kid in a separate class that volunteered to be a, a class president for a mock election. She consistently speaks up, and, and I know that... Uh, I'm not naive to think that my class was the the singular reason that that happened, but you're exactly right. When you when you teach kids this entrepreneurial mindset, they do develop self confidence. They do develop self awareness in in experiences that they never would have previously had a chance to do so. I love hearing that, Jason. You know, we we see that all the time over here, and it's the, in the power of entrepreneurship um, and training is really transformative. That's what we've seen over here. And design thinking also, just to have a framework that they know that if they follow that framework that they're going to eventually you know, come out with a result um, is also quite powerful. So one of the things, I, I got to get back to the physical space um, okay. that you have there. Uh, and I have a I have a brother-in-law who builds schools and, and other, you know, kind of big-time government, state-funded projects outside of Nashville, Tennessee. And, and, you know, he's telling me, I'm just curious uh, how much the, the cost of an average building is brick and mortar. And, and he's throwing out $40 million, $50 million buildings. And, and, you know, yeah. I, I don't need to know how much, uh, you know, your space costs, but I always argue that we don't need that much money to be spent on the physical space. So, you know, it, it's 2018. What you've done is really revolutionary. So how has the space of education changed in 2018? Well, I don't think it's changed that much. But, I, I mean, I do see some very positive things happening in public schools around the place. You know, I just feel like... Um, we just don't need school as much as we used to anymore because this all the information is online now and we, we find very inexpensive and, and wonderful courses available for our students at very, very little cost. So, you know, the idea that you have to be in a classroom, you know, to be schooled or to get what you need in fourth grade or fifth grade or sixth grade, you know, it starts, you know... To us, when you've been out of school for a while, you're, you're like, well, I could have gotten that in like three months, you know, in, in more of a concentrated version and had enough time to do all the things that I really loved. Or I could have travelled more. I, I could have done a lot of other things. Um, so just really, really like having the flexibility and choice of how we learn things at Workspace. And I feel like, you know, I know it's very, very hard for schools to be able to, you know, to, you know, teach numerous students. If you've got 20 in a class, you have to pick a curriculum and you've got to stay on track. Um, but, you know, we, we love having the flexibility of being able to learn our way and to make the most of our time so we don't have to be you know, doing a lot of busy work. Um, and also not a lot of homework because we are really making most of our time here. So uh, I think as the years go on, we're going to see uh, an even greater explosion in what's available online and, and more and more people finding, you know, being in a school environment unnecessary. So I'm curious, uh, a lot of kind of feedback that, 
we get in in public schooling, at least in this area, is that uh, there's this huge disconnect between what what teachers want, what students want, and what parents want. But it sounds like you've found a model that blends all of those. So, do you, do you have do you have conflict with parents? Is there this disconnect between what's happening with student learning and kind of the expectations of parent at home, or is this? I mean, have you found have you found the the golden ticket for that connection between school and home? Well, I'm. Personally, I, I feel very strongly that, you know, parents need to be involved in their children's, you know, education and their upbringing. You know, I, I don't like the idea that children are away from the family unit, you know, all, you know, their waking hours. And then they come home and they have to decompress and they want to be on the computer, but they have all this homework and the family time is diminished. And I feel like the energy that school should revolve around the culture of the family and, um, that school should be a flexible place that you know that fits in with the family culture. Um, so we really listen to our families and the students, and we try and and put help them personalize you know a track for each of their children so that they're very happy with it. And if it's not working, they can very quickly you know change course to everything in line with you know what their children need. And we we do workshops and things like that for you know to teach parents really you know and give them confidence to to create something that's really going to excite their children and get them into learning rather than put them off learning which is you know people come to us when they've been turned off education or their children are just they're not lighting up anymore at the idea of going to school um that's when they all come into workspace and say i just don't want my children to lose their curiosity and really these days there's so many resources available that you don't you know they don't need to and they don't need to be in a school environment to get the skills they need to have a very successful life and to get into college. It's, a, it's just such a such a powerful statement, and, yeah. and I have I have two I have two little boys that are about to turn four and two in the next couple of weeks, and you know they're they're not quite in the system yet, but um, they're they're really close and. And you know, I'm I'm doing what I can uh, on my end to to work for things, but I, you know, I really love what you have done, and you have just you've created something. I mean, it it really is you know going off script, going off the focus. I mean, what what you've done is you have you have blurred all of the lines that have existed with with what school is supposed to look like and the role of parents and um, from everything that I've gathered you've really created something that is not only benefiting kids but it is benefiting families and, and it's just amazing to hear and see. Well it is you know it really is um, benefiting you know all levels of the community that we're creating here but you know when you when you have a situation where you don't have to when you're not regulated and you don't have to follow the school system and if you had a completely blank canvas you know you have no excuses not to to really put the child right at the center and the family's right at the center of the model so you know we we get the rewards from from doing that and we get very happy families very happy children and i feel like when children are in a very happy place that they learn effortlessly and it doesn't have to be you know a slog going to school it can be a real joy 
So, look, I, I know just, in, and you know, this is full disclosure, this is the first time that we've ever had a conversation, but you you seem like you're a, a pretty happy individual, pretty content individual, but you, you mentioned uh, some some ways that you were growing, focusing on the micro school concept. Um, but what else are you doing? What other plans do you have to to grow what you're doing there at Workspace Education with, without revealing too much of the, the top secret information? Oh, there's no top secret. We're all open source and we're willing to share. And, you know, we would love this to be in every town because it's such a lovely option for, for children and families, um, especially, you know, if you – you know, you have a little bit of flexibility as a, as a parent in your schedule. We, Because we're a co-working space, you know, parents can work out of here, you know, and, and work side by side their children as they are learning as well. So it's a great way to spend quality time with your children and also to find, you know, other families who are very like-minded and also learning partners for your children. So that works very well. But what we are planning to do in our future is we would like to be a, a zero to 18, so a full family solution to educate right from, you know, when it, you know when you get a new member of the family all the way through until they graduate and maybe even have gap years. Uh, and, you know, we, we want to uh, introduce new micro schools to really serve, you know, our youngest, our youngest new members. So we are building another building that's going to be very similar to the Big Red Barn, which will be out the back. And we're also putting in um, a 140-foot greenhouse where we're going to um, house our aquaponics and a permaculture garden as we are um, evolving to to um, create a farm-to-table project within a, within workspace. We're, we're trying to knit our community together with these really big community-oriented projects that bring everybody in our community together and they really experience, everyone really experiences doing something as a community as a whole, which is, you know, one of the, the key elements I'm trying to infuse in these community-oriented environments because we really are, after all, one big, happy, vibrant learning community and we need to have ways that we're all interconnected. I love it. I mean, I told you before we went on air, I mean, this is just, it's such an inspiring story that, that you have brought to life and um, I'm just, I'm, I'm so so motivated and, and passionate about, uh, you know, doing what I do on my end. Um, but I, I can't let you go without a, a new, a relatively new segment that I've added where we have uh, 10 quick questions uh, and, you you know, you're, there's no training, there's no education. You can't say that you're going to be better at answering these be, because you, you lived in Australia and then you moved here. Like, they, these are going to be tough, quick questions. You can't think about them. you got to answer right away. All right. All right. I'm ready. So, first question, coffee, tea, or water? Coffee. Back roads or interstate? Back roads. By the fire or by the beach? By the fire. Best concert you've ever been to? Bruce Springsteen. Best athlete from Australia? Um, uh, Michael Thorpe. All right. Three people that you'd like to have dinner with right now? You. <laughs> Kat Robinson. Oh, and Tony Wagner. All right, so you got us all together. Where are you going to take us to eat? Oh, goodness. Uh, uh, New York City. Where? No, sorry, I just read that. Last book that you read that really made you stop and think and say, wow, that book really impacted my life. 
We will accept that. All right. Okay. Who, other than you and other than what you were doing with workspace education, who should yeah. everyone be following in kind of the, uh, not just education space, but really the innovative pushing the bar space right now? Uh, Tony Gattis from the Microschool Revolution. Okay. All right. So look. I am an eighth grade teacher. Uh, my kids are getting ready to finish middle school uh, in just about a week and a half. They are feeling like they're at the top of their game. Uh, they, however, have no idea what high school is going to bring to them in just a few months. So what is the best advice that you would give to one of my kids getting ready to start high school in 2018? Trust your gut or trust what you, who you are as a human and where you're going to go in your life. That's a good advice. Okay, Kath, I know where I found you. Um, what about other people listening that are interested in your work and what you do? Where can they find you? Well, you can go to www.workspaceeducation.org, which is our website, and you can sort of learn a little bit about what we're doing, or you can go to our Facebook page, Workspace Education, and you can just email or um, contact us, and I would love to hear from you, or you can just email me directly at Kath, C-A-T-H, at workspaceeducation.org, and I love getting emails. All right. You heard it from... Kath herself, she loves getting emails, so please flood her inbox and connect with her. Kath, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, you're most welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, everybody. What's up? Jason Vest here from the After Ed Podcast. Look, we are growing. We are having amazing guests on, but we need you to subscribe. We need you to refer guests for the show. We need you to go and leave reviews only to help us get better and spread our message. If you love what you hear with the podcast, head on over to Twitter at Mr. Vest RVA. Instagram is the same name. Give me a shout out there as well. Also, if you want to check out what my students are doing from this innovation class that I always reference, check them out on the various social platforms at InnovateHC. That's the number eight, InnovateHC. Thank you, guys. Enjoy your day.